Hopefully, I didn't tap that thing twice. All right. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining Dad Talk Podcast at the 8.30 hour. Uh, We have two special guests tonight. Um, So let me tag them in real quick. That's a tag right there. So we have two special guests. um, And uh, what is your name, young lady? Last name, please. Yes. Brenton. Brenton. Okay, so we have. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, who else? Who else is on? Where you at, Cuz? Can't see you. <laughs> speak. You got to speak in order for the uh, thing to change. I don't see you. Where she, where's she at, though? No, we can't. There you go. Now, yeah, you, you, you have to speak. You have to speak, and then um, the camera change and bring you on. But you gotta speak into the microphone. Got you. All right. So let's go ahead and start the show. So as you can, as you can see. We were actually live. Okay, there you go. All right. As you can tell, we are live actually on Facebook Live tonight, and we are actually doing a Zoom slash Facebook Live tonight. So if you hear a couple of voices, uh, those new voices are our guests tonight on the Facebook Live and also on live streaming under Anchor and other podcast platforms. So uh, don't be confused out there. That's what we're doing tonight. Uh, So tonight's uh, show is about parenting. So we have three different sides to parenting. So we have uh, one married uh, guest. Raise your hand if you're married. (laughs) She ain't raising her hand, but uh, we're calling her out. (laughs) So we have... Uh, one married guest, uh, one single father. I'm raising my hand. There we go. You see me down there. And then uh, one uh, single mama. Raise your hand, single mama. All right. Technical difficulties over there. We're trying to uh, hear you, but I can't hear you. You're breaking up. There we go. Okay. Can you hear me? I can hear you. All right. All right. State your claim. I said you're the single mother of uh, how many kids do you have? I have one toddler. He will be two in um, next weekend, actually. So shout out to my son. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Cool. So who wants to start the uh, discussion for tonight? Actually, I'm the host, so I will start the discussion tonight. And I, I would like to thank you all of my... very important part. Yeah. I'll... There we go. Oh, she came back on. <laughs> I'm right here. Okay, there you go. You you disappeared on us. But I'd, yeah. I'd like to start off first... Um, by welcoming you guys on. And again, for all of those who have 
Missed the roll call. Let's try this thing once again. All right. So I am your host, James Sims. Uh, and we do a dad talk podcast every Monday at 830 and then every Friday at eight o'clock on Facebook live. So we're going live and we have a new show for you tonight where we have guests. So guest number one, what is your name, Alicia? Uh, uh, Alicia. State your name. Alicia Sims Fortson. Okay. The guest. That's me. All right. Let me turn that up. Cool. And guest number two, who are you? <laughs> Welcome aboard. Brinson, thanks for having me. I'm also a licensed social worker, just so you guys know. So I will be adding, you know, some of my clinical expertise outside of personal experience. Gotcha. All right, cool. And you can see me down in the bubble, way down here. What's going on, y'all? <laughs> All right, so we had uh, a couple of things to talk about tonight, right? Uh, dealing with being a single parent and things that we kind of go through as single parents. So uh, first subject matter uh, with dealing with kids. Okay, so we'll we'll talk about um, dealing with kids. Uh, let's let's go with fears. Okay, being a single parent. Um, the first question would be, what are your fears pertaining to, you know, uh, having your kids and, and bringing your kids up? What would probably be like one of the worst? We, we already know the, the worst fear, worst fear would be, you know, the, the ultimate fear. And we, we won't even discuss that on here, but fears as far as, uh, being able to parent, uh, effectively, what, that you have learned of what you're trying to teach a kid that you fear that they won't get uh, being a parent? Wow. Um, I think because the way society is now, my fear is them being judged because either their background, race, whatever, and having them being secure within themselves and trying to teach them that yes, we're black. Yes, we're women or yes, I have a young black male um, child. So yes, and being strong and not fitting into those stereotypes that society has deemed us to be. So that's kind of the fear that I try to break that mold. Gotcha. My children better. That's my doing this right, or you know those type of things. Um, I think uh, for me, being a single mom to a son uh, who is also African American. The biggest thing is there are a lot of things that, you know, that I hope that he's able to get, even though I'm his main um, constant parental figure. Um, so him just finding a strong um, like role model in his life so that he's not lacking in um 
preparedness or being a black male in society because I can parent him, but there's only certain things that he's going to be able to get um, only from a male figure Mm -hmm. that I'm not going to be able to understand and kind of like relate to him in that way once he gets older. Mm -hmm. Um, So just trying to find resources. Um, I'm blessed enough to have um, a supportive family. So he does have um, male figures. However, it's not, um, you know, times are changing. So just Mm -hmm. getting him to have someone that he can look up to, whoever that may be. Gotcha. Um, and so making that being a positive influence, not a negative one. Gotcha. That's what's up. I, I know earlier on when um my daughter was uh little, you know, um my worst fear as a parent and as a uh single man, uh male parent is that uh Am I going to raise her too hard? You know, uh, am I going to be able to give her that feminine side that she's okay? You know, um, and will she be more like a tomboy because it's me, my son and her? And will she take on, you know, more of our attributes rather than, you know, the female attributes, you know? So that that was one of my fears. Uh, with trying to raise her as a single father, and then also finding someone suitable that she she could relate to, in order to be like okay, um, you know. But the blessing came where she has a, a godmother, you know, and a godmother uh, has been in her life, so that definitely helps out. Also, yep. I think that's the main thing is having um, a support system, having those role models. Um, besides, you know, us, whether single or um, blended, whatever her the case may be, um, having a support system is the biggest thing when trying to raise children. And it was always taught to me and I think to everybody else that it takes a village to raise one child. So, you know, for three, four, five, six children, it takes a city and you know, a state in the country. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> Definitely. So that that's, uh, you know, that's an eye opener because most people may not have those same fears uh, or most people may have those same fears. And just to kind of piggyback on uh, the topic, how have you been able to address the fear that you have and have you been effective in addressing that fear? Who's next? <laughs> did, 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 did you hear me? Okay, so um, you got cut off for me a little bit at the end. So okay. I'm just now picking up. I'm hearing the last. Okay. The last few bits. So you were saying, okay, how we've been effective um, handling the fears that we just spoke about? Yeah. Um, right. 
that's a very good question. So I guess for me, uh, which definitely being able to um, research things that I don't have an answer to, um, especially like being um, a trained therapist, like obviously I have tons of knowledge and have done tons of research, but everyone's different every kid is different so i'm constantly i assume that i might know something but my kid doesn't fit that thing so then i have to research what it is that i'm lacking and um then kind of like go from there obviously through trial and error i skip the whole i did the research thing because you know with our background as you already know dealing with social work dealing with early childhood development they is not in a book that's something that i learned i mean they can give you like all the stuff the general ideas but like you said when it comes to these children every child is different every child does things differently so it's like you said, it's definitely, as I agree, it is definitely big time trial and error. And I think that's a little bit of our, with just our fear, because we know, you know, the type of work we do, um, we don't want to fail. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the biggest thing. We don't want to fail. Um, and we don't want to feel that, um, you know, that we lack something you know, and making sure that our children succeed. So um, the way that I have addressed it is, like you said, it's um, trial and error. It's like, a, a, I hate to say it this way, but in a science experiment, you know, you try it this way, this doesn't work, so we're going to try it this way. If this doesn't work, so we're going to try it this way. You know, it's just, right. you just keep going yeah. back and forth. And so you find something that works. Um, and then I think also just having other people who have older children, I think, you know, talking to them um, because they've been through it. And people who have uh, maybe have this child the same age and is going through the same thing and, you know, bouncing ideas off of each other. That kind of, I think that does, you know, help out a little bit with all of that, you know, being effective and, you know, working together and, you know, all that stuff. Mm. And we they being effective gotcha. and finding resources. Yeah, that's what's up. And that's that whole um, village, you know, uh, um, approach. I think, uh, I guess for myself, being able to attack that situation is a, uh, learning for me learning a little bit more about for one doing hair so that's how me and my daughter kind of connected is that i would do her hair and make sure that her hair was tight so she wouldn't have to go to school and then some kid will say oh look at your hair you know she would go to school always with her hair done you know real neat so they would never have to question because stereotypically you would think, oh, you know, she got a mom at home, you know, because her hair is done all the time. So um, I kind of attacked that, you know, early on because I didn't want her to feel out of place. And 
didn't want her to feel tomboyish neither. So we connected with me doing her hair and it, it kind of filled uh, that void as far as, you know, taking care of your hair, taking care of, you know, things that that matter for for, you know, women and young girls. Uh, so she didn't lack in that that department, you know, so I think I so far, I think I've done a, a pretty good job in attacking that situation. But, you know, time will still tell, you know, because. You know, we still got some some growing to do, you know, but I think as 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 far as where she's at right now, you know, I know that um, you have somewhat of a long, longer road now and and she has somewhat of a longer road. My my daughter's 18 now, so um, I think I've done a pretty decent job up until this point. But you guys, you know, with having younger kids, you still have that trial and error period and you still have, you know, some more uh, time to go. Yeah, um, definitely, for sure. Um, it shall be interesting, <laughs> um, especially with, <laughs> you know, just I think it's a different dynamic where um alicia she has more girls so she can relate to that whereas like me you know it's just me and my son so he's definitely going to be teaching me um as i'm trying to parent him so as he gets older um i'm i'm looking forward to those uh struggles <laughs> and we're definitely going to have a lot of stories to tell um <laughs> <laughs> when he's a little bit older right. um, but right now it's pretty easy with me running things with him being so small and I can kind of you know like Alicia was talking about before with trial and error um, right. you know he really doesn't have a choice because he's only two whereas he's going to be testing the boundaries and pushing against that as he gets older so um, definitely am looking forward to that. <laughs> gotcha. Cool. Now, with you guys both being, you know, having that type of training of being social workers, um, how much of what you have learned on the job works at home? <laughs> <laughs> I like the laugh. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> <There> you <go. laughs> you want to scale one to ten, ten being the highest, one being the lowest? Right. There you go. Negative. <laughs> 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 it's not, well, and, and what we do, because um, I just got my new position working in the case management field mm -hmm. and just what what I'm learning in school and what I'm seeing out in society it's two different things um is not what they say in the textbooks mm -hmm. I guess that's the right words um so um, anything they say about, you know, oh, kids are this, kids are that, um, kids should be doing this, um, 
I kind of learned to take it with a grain of salt, unless it's like wanted as they get older. The the person who's like the expert in this um, type of thing would be Miss Brinson, because mm-hmm. she's been in more of the children's social work area. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on the teaching side, and I'm just now getting into the adult mental health okay. area. So she's the expert the kid and you know uh developmentally and like my kids even though i might have a ground but what i see somebody else might not see what somebody else sees i might not see so you know having somebody who's a little bit more of an expert mm-hmm. and who can recognize and see more detail she will be the person but to be honest what you learn in school doesn't compare to way it happens in real life. Gotcha. <laughs> I definitely, um, I say that, that my training has like prepared me more than it hasn't, mm-hmm. even though every child is different, like we were talking about before. So like Alicia was saying, it's not going to fit the textbook of like what we study, but mm-hmm. I feel like it definitely putting me up against someone who's kind of just like, going through it without my background right um i'm definitely like obviously a hundred steps ahead so where like these things will come naturally or i'm like seeing it and i'm like oh, okay i remember learning and researching about this mm-hmm. and then um it, it kind of you know it has been helpful especially um you know doing this majority on my own um it's definitely been beneficial having that background um i'm a little bit less panicky even though i still but i feel like at the same time i still have high anxiety regarding certain things because i know and because i have a little bit overly more knowledge than someone who is kind of like going through the motions it's like i'm probably a little bit more quick to react to certain things instead of like letting it happen. So I have to kind of catch myself. So I'm not helicopter too much, but right. still like just being aware um, and making sure that he's doing everything that he's supposed to be doing um, for his age. Got you. Now as parents, do you um, subscribe to this? Uh, there was a saying, you know, is, uh, well, there is a saying was good for the goose is good for the gander. Right. So a lot of, a lot of parents are like, Hey, I went through it, you know, so I'm gonna let them and I'm gonna allow them to go through it. I'm allow them to bump their heads and, and go through it. I, I think on, on my take, and I'll let you guys chime in. My take is that if I've gone through it, then I use that as, the sounding board and the knowledge to share with my kids and say, Hey, avoid that. I don't want you to actually go through that because I'm a firm believer that what will scar some people will kill others. So, you know, um, I feel that sometimes, you know, it's not meant for them to have to go through it because they may not survive that. Uh, what, what is your take on, uh, was good for the goose is good for the gander type of, uh, thinking as a parent? Um, 
I feel like it, it should be a healthy, a healthy mix of both. Like, um, you know, I some things that I've gone through, I'm like, I definitely don't want my son to have to go through this at all. And I hope he like never <laughs> tries to like do this. So I'm trying to be firm, but still a little bit flexible to where he's comfortable enough to ask me certain things mm-hmm. and like I know he won't come to me with for everything but at least I would somewhat know about his life especially when he gets older and becomes you know an adult because uh, definitely when I became an adult I was so ready to like leave my house mm-hmm. and do this and that and not always be 100% honest about certain things as we all Mm-hmm. Go through that and do that. Um, and then, like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. And, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, what happened? Oh, you know, technical difficulties, it comes with technology. <laughs> <laughs> So what what is your take on it, Alicia? Um, I agree with Ms. Benson on this one. Um, I don't want the I don't want my kids to go through what I went through. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, I try to steer them from doing the things that I have done, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I do kind of let them go through certain that's developmentally you know sound like okay you ride a bike you know mm-hmm. and you know your training wheels come off you ride it you fall i mean you have your helmet and everything else it's okay to fall right and that's the encouragement to get back on the bike to ride it again mm-hmm. so it's just those small things that help build that character that build empathy that builds you know who who they are as they get to be an adult. So I think those things are, are very important as they grow to be young adults. Because if they don't have those things, I mean, I mean, it it just could. Right. We don't know what could happen. Right. <laughs> so, and it's always a good mix too. You know, whether it's book smarts, whether it's street smarts, whether it's common sense, whether it's a teachable moment, also. Sometimes I feel that some parents may neglect that teachable moment. They'll just say, nah, I'm just going to let them fall. And then they'll, you know, have to either sink or swim versus, hey, there's a situation. Let's talk through it. And I want to pour into you enough that when that situation comes up, you'll be able to really navigate yourself through it. Now, I'm not talking about just holding your kid's hand until they become adults and and so on, but they're going to have to learn their own experiences. But hopefully that whatever you have poured into them will be enough that when that time comes, then they'll be able to navigate those waters as best as they can, but not uh, they'll be armed instead of just flying by the seat of their pants. Because a lot of times, I know my mom always used to say, they didn't give me a handbook. I don't have a handbook. So I'd never had a handbook and showing you, you know, showing me how to be this particular type of parent. I just took it as it as it came 
to me. And I think, you know, we have the blessing that we had those ahead of us uh, to have had some hard times in order to impart those hard times and then start thinking with your nugget a little bit, you know, and, and pushing you that way. So what what was the reason that uh, you guys got into the type of work that you guys are in right now? Oh, bad. <laughs> let's go. Let's talk about it. This Dad Talk right. podcast. Let's talk about it. It's getting raw now. All right. Let's go. It's <laughs> getting real raw. That's just like... <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of good questions. Right. So, I think for me, I kind of always knew that I was going to be um, in the helping profession. So, whether it was social work, whether it's... I actually wanted to be a psychologist at one point. Oh. Um, and then it was just too clinically for, like, my liberal self a more free spirit and i kind of like to like do my own thing and psychiatrists kind of like stick to the book and i i wasn't really no that didn't fit me so i ended up in um social work after pursuing my bachelor's in psychology um but i think just the desire of wanting to help these mainly children I've always just you know had a passion for working with smaller kids and I think part of it um could contribute to growing up in a single parent household Mm. um you know I don't know my mom used to always uh tell me like when she would take me to like preschool or like whoever my provider at the time was, they would be like sad that I was absent, not because I was absent, but because like I was the one always helping them like with the little kids and stuff. So I think you know how um, people say that certain people with talent, you know, it starts at that age. Very young. You see it Mm -hmm. from very young. So I think, that example that she told me was like prime reason why I'm where I am today um, because I obviously already had all those traits and was like a very um, keen person into um, other people's like feelings and emotions and all that stuff from very, very small, like three years old. So um, here I am and I'm still growing and going through other life experiences that I'm sure tons of other people are going through now. Mm-hmm. So that just makes me all the more right person to be in this field doing what I do. Got you. Man, so that's good. That's great. That was already in you. Now, Alicia, same question. What, what got you into uh, the field that you're in right now? ended up in the social work field. Um, One of the factors was when I was in high school, um, I had a teacher told me that um, doing a 
I had, I was in a car accident mm-hmm. um, and it left me uh, with what they called a, a concussion or traumatic brain injury. And they told me, my mom did the IEP meetings and all of that and everything else. I was taking AP classes and everything else and doing all these amazing things in high school. And during the meeting, one of my teachers told me that I needed to pick a job that was more practical because I told them that I wanted to be a psychiatrist. Wow. And when they said that, well, when that teacher said that, my other teacher said, well, if you think you can do it, Mm -hmm. show me you can do it. Right. And it hurt. It, It felt sarcastic. So I ended up going into early childhood and thinking that that was something I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, during the time that I was uh, my younger, like in my early 20s, um, I was in a domestic violence situation. So, mm. um, which put an eye opener on how PTSD, military, um, mental health, mm-hmm. and all these things that were a factor and I was not educated on those things and especially in relationships. Mm. So, um, as I, um, educated myself, I decided to go back to school and go into psychology. Um, and like how Miss Brinson, psychology was a little bit too much for me mm-hmm. um, because I'm a little more uh, wanted to help people and and not just help them just like, oh, this is what you have a diagnosis. This is the medication. Right. And yeah, you talk to me for an hour and that's it. And I bill you. I wanted to be a part of that person and just kind of help them, guide them through these uh, emotional processing, coping skills, mm-hmm. and you know, life skills and job skills and everything else, just to make them successful. Because I think everybody can be successful in their own way and their own right. So, um, yeah, I decided to get um, in my bachelor's program now, okay. my BSW, bachelor's in social work. So I'm working towards my um, finishing up my last year next year and then i'm going into my master's program that's what's up go ahead y'all <laughs> yeah, good job. Like I, said that I had many factors that yeah. played a part and yeah, yeah. so but yeah. you're a perfect person for this podcast you can give <laughs> a, lot, a lot of advice um, yeah welcome to the social work family <laughs> that's what's up yeah, and yep. they, they do happen to say that your background will determine a lot about your life. It may not determine your destination, you know, where most people say where you're from will determine what you do in life. Not necessarily. Those could be the, the uh, you know, the building blocks and all of your experiences can build up mm-hmm. to that point where you can use those experiences uh, for good, you know, so, you know, the domestic issue, the other things that have gone on in your life, you could have let them consume you. But all in all, you took those experiences and said, hey, with these experiences, 
I'm going to capitalize off of the experiences and then pour into someone else from my gained experience what I know about XYZ. Um, I have a foundation and part of our foundation, we have a program called Hashtag Righteous Story. Now, within Hashtag Righteous Story, we have the same type of belief that's close to what you're talking about is taking what you have and building upon it with life skills, telling your story, but then also making sure that the approach is everyone has value across the board. Everyone has value. We're not just going to give you something like a, a one size fit all type of thing and thinking, oh, it's going to suit your needs. So the way that you are approaching psychology and, and the other side of psychology is saying, hey, one size does not fit all. I'm not going to give you a pill and then the pill is going to solve it, but I'm going to really get down to the base and the problem and understand the problems uh, now you know, uh, creates this, this larger condition, but you have to get to the root problem. So kudos, good, good job on that. Um, another thing, uh, with, what, what'd you say? Could, oh, it's going back and forth. Yeah. So, you know, when, when you drop out, we just jump on in. <laughs> Right. So another question um, for you guys, you know, being uh, parents of little ones, you know, um, I know for once the kids get a little older and they're they're starting to articulate and they're starting to to touch things and 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 really grow. I know I think probably at two, three, four, you start to have kids kind of grow into their own, you know, some sooner than later, you know, and then they start to speak and they start to, you know, do things. And uh, let let everyone know how old your, your children are, Alicia. Um, okay, so I have a blended family. Uh-huh. So I have my me and um, my husband, we mm-hmm. share one child together, and he's one, 15 mm-hmm. months, 16 months now. Right. And then we have, then I have my youngest daughter, and she's six. Mm-hmm. And then I have my bonus daughter, and she's seven, about to be eight. And okay. then I have my eight-year-old that's in the house. And it so happens that my daughter and my bonus daughter are six months apart, and people assume that they're twins. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> and then, so, uh, her, um, I, I'm about to mess your name. I was about to say Teresa, but it's... I'm going to put it on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> right now it just says Steve Brinson. Yeah, it's... I'm going to have to spell it out for you. T-A-R-I-S-A. Right? Which is? The African-American version of what you were saying before. Not Teresa. (laughs) (laughs) But Teresa. Yeah, Teresa. So she has a two-year-old. I have an 18 and and (laughs) 14-year-old. Right, 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 right. Well, I I was... I was starting on that to get to this point about the articulation of our kids growing up, you know, 
and some of the things that we have to deal with with, you know, people of color, you know, um, and growing up and, and seeing your kids kind of articulate what are probably some things that get on your nerves when you hear either older people, you hear people of, of, of another, uh, you know, racial background per se, you know, or just people in general, what actually burns you up? Uh, now I'm sure that your kids are mild mannered. They're not off the chain and they're not running around and acting crazy. But other than that, what are the things that kind of burn you up when people give unwanted compliments to you yourself and your kids? And, you know, based on stereotypes. Um, I get the, because all my girls can actually read uh, sight words and they reading on third, fourth grade level. Mm-hmm. Um, I get the, oh, they're such great readers as if like black kids are not supposed to read that high. Mm-hmm. Almost. Um, I have received um the compliments of oh they're so well behaved mm-hmm. well they're supposed to be well behaved right i right. tell them sit they're supposed to sit down they're not supposed to touch anything if we go to the store and everybody just look and say oh they're just so well behaved why did they just what school did they go to La-da-da-da. you know this start conversation i'm like well aren't all kids well behaved right all kids you know supposed to be mannered and say yes ma'am no ma'am yes sir no sir you know those type of things um and i think that gets aggravating after a while um as i as i'm maturing i'm starting to see why people are saying those comments to me right um when i go to the store i mean i saw a little boy he told his mom f you and Whoa. he said, no, I'm not doing this. Like, and he's like, maybe like five or six years old. So, you know, I had to kind of like step back and was like, okay, baby, that's why people are saying that to me because my, the girls and, um, I had people say, oh, my, the baby boy, he's, um, he mines, he's mines very well. And it's like, mines, oh, oh, he listens. Well, aren't all kids supposed to listen to their parents? <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> right. It's like, and I don't mean it's like okay. So I just I I'm starting to um be I'm starting to learn to be mindful of how people are saying. But sometimes some of the way that they're saying it and or how they're saying it can come off as really like oh, black kids are not supposed to do this or. Right they're not supposed to eat because you know that's how what they deem that they're supposed to act like animals or something right so that's yeah. something that i have ran into i don't know about you mr Teresa, which with the baby boy right um he's still pretty small so i have kind of gotten like you know i'm lucky that he's well-mannered or like i guess not cutting up in a restaurant or whatever at the at the end when I'm like paying and they're like oh well he he made it he actually sat through and like let you have a conversation with your friends or whatever and um 
I'm kind of thinking in my head at the same time, well, you missed the five meltdowns before we got here. And one time I did get a comment about me having him in the car properly. So I guess apparently like not too many or I guess young moms, whatever. I don't know. But it was like this older couple. Um, they were African American, but they just was like, "Oh, they were staring at me." So I was trying to figure out like <laughs> what's going on, like why are they looking at me? Um, the guy got out like with his wife and was like, "Oh, we just are like so proud of you. We wanted to commend you for actually having your son in the car seat properly. <laughs> like it was the first time they ever saw it before." So I'm over here scared with my therapy, like, oh, okay, that's all you guys wanted to tell me? Like, I'm over here trying to hurry up and get him in the car seat so I can drive off. Right. <laughs> and so, like, <laughs> my car properly. So I'm like, okay, thanks, but I'm also a social worker, so I know better. Right. And so they kind of know. We kind of, like, laughed about it and, like, went on about our day. Um, but... Um, I haven't necessarily been offended yet. Mm -hmm. um, he's still so small. The only thing that used to offend me, though, was taking him to, like, his monthly checkups mm -hmm. up until he got one. And, like, people would just automatically assume that he was a girl. And wow. <laughs> I don't know if that was because I had that problem. Like, yeah, my son would get <laughs> that also. Most times the boys look a little more like their mama sometimes when they're younger. Yep. So they get that from their mama when they're younger. Yeah. But no. no, it is not. Sometimes not I said like sometimes. Xfinity. <laughs> we went to Xfinity. Uh -huh. It was my mother-in-law, my husband, my husband, and baby boy. Right. Mm -hmm. The lady told my mother-in-law. Your son is very handsome. And she was like, no, no, no. This is my grandson. That's the mom. And the lady looked, and she was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, that's what she considered. It's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, but I was like, hey, you know, it is what it is. So. Mm -hmm. no, that's crazy. Like, just rehashed. <laughs> thinking about all that like I used I nursed my son until he was like maybe 16 months or so mm -hmm. somewhere in there um so like he was like screaming his head off almost it wasn't that crazy but obviously it was offended in the waiting room at the doctors mm -hmm. and he had like just got his little surgery and all that. I'm not going to go into detail, so he was kind of like teed off anyway. Mm -hmm. Right? Oh. So I, think, I, think I know what surgery! Was, I think it was more about that than it was about being hungry. Right. She, like, 
Oh yeah. Just seeing him already, seeing him, mm-hmm. and I'm like, like, I'm not gonna, like you would be the first one complaining if I just whipped my boob out in the middle of the house. <laughs> you're yelling, feed him, just feed him. Right. I'm like, if I can get to this secluded space, I will gladly take care of my own son. I don't need anyone else yelling at me. Like it's. It's right. already enough noise. I know you're mad that you're waiting for your appointment or whatever. I don't care. But um, that's like literally the only time I've ever gotten kind wow. of like mad at mm. public opinion. But. Gotcha. I agree. <laughs> Other than that, we've yep. been pretty good so far. That's what's up. Now, in the climate that we're in right now um, and how, you know, if you look five, ten years down the road, uh, as a parent, um, with how jobs sometimes are up and down and the economy is up and down, uh, what are the hopes that you have for your children? You know, a lot of times people want their kids to kind of follow in their footsteps, but if you had to, you know, think a little bit further down the line, what, what, what are your hopes for your kids? You know, some people said, Oh, I, I want my kid to be, you know, that star basketball player. I want my daughter to be, you know, an opera singer or, or whatever. What, what are your hopes for your kids that you're looking at for the future? I, I, the only thing I want my babies to do is at least complete, have a college degree. Mm-hmm. That's it. I don't care if it's a degree in business, criminal justice, whatever. <laughs> as long as it's a degree, okay, that's all. I'll be satisfied with that. Mm-hmm. If, even if it's just a bachelor's. If they go for a master's, great. Mm-hmm. But dad and I decided that we only stop. We're only paying for a bachelor's. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna have to figure out how to get their master's and their doctorate because we ain't paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> they better get scholarships or something because the gotcha. struggle is real. Okay, True. the struggle is real. <laughs> you got a good amount here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's. I mean, it's whatever they decide that's they want to do. College. Gotcha. Would you say, Teresa? I'm definitely. I will be extremely happy. Yes, you got it right. There you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely um, want my son to go to school as well. I will be like so aesthetic if he mm-hmm. does. However, you know. I'm not going to let him be aware of my disappointment <laughs> if he decides <laughs> not to go. However, I guess right. he could probably just look up this video and be like, oh, I disappointed right. her. But, <laughs> 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 I really would love him to go to school, mm-hmm. obviously, my master's. Um, however, I am in terms of debt, like, let's be real. And I'll probably will still be paying it when he goes to school. So um, I just want him to be successful at whatever it is that he chooses to do. So if you don't go to school, then what are you going to do? You have to have some kind of plan for me to kind of be on or and it needs to be, it needs to make sense. Right. You can't just have a plan and then it 
there's no functioning like aspect to it. It's just like, oh, I just I want to be an artist. Right. Okay. So like, what is the plan? And like, what are you doing now? Mm-hmm. That's gonna make me feel secure that you're gonna be successful in doing that. Um, because you know, there's certain things that's not for everybody. So if right. you never have the hustle to be an artist, mm-hmm. then I'm gonna be like, no, you need to go to school if you don't have a plan to, well, you know, be successful <laughs> at that. Like, that's the thing something. that I kind of dread with our society a little bit is that especially because when, especially when I found out that I was having a boy, I think I just about cried. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining Dad Talk Podcast for our Monday edition show. So tonight we're going to have two special guests on and the topic tonight is parenting and more. So you're going to get three sides of parenting from a single dad, a single mother and a mother who is married and dealing with co-parenting and everything else that you can think of. So join us tonight on Facebook Live under Legacy Sims and also on all streaming uh, platforms and especially here on Anchor.fm. Please listen, watch and share. So we will see you tonight at the 830 p.m. time slot for Dad Talk Podcast. So join us tonight and remember, share, share, share.